right, so I think we're on now. No, when I sent that message, I was laughing because I was sitting here and I was just jotting down some notes. I came in, got situated myself, and uh, I says, well, it's 410. I says, I says, she probably is ready to go, but maybe. I says, I'm just going to shoot a quick message. <laughs> oh, did you do that? I, yeah, I did, didn't even. Oh, you I, didn't even I, see that. No, like I said, I was, I was uh, finishing up something that I was doing and thought I had plenty of time, and I just ran to the clock to see how much more time I had Again, when I realized that, it was, holy crap, it's 11 minutes after already. It, <laughs> Sorry. It, no, no. My it's bad. That, <laughs> it's that time thing, right? Yeah. I mean, last week it was my bad, right? I didn't know what the <laughs> heck was going on, right? That's why I love it when people do that, you know, and that reminds me, um, I had a deal going, I have a deal going. And uh, so we got, it's a probate and we got the um, orders of ho uh, determining homestead, which is a topic we can discuss if you want later, um, and from the lawyer's office. And so, uh, you know, Janine was working up the documents to close and she's reviewing it. And there, the name was misspelled on every document. So, so um, oh, wow. she had to send it back to the lawyer's office and um, the paralegal called me just apologizing up one side and down the other. And I said, you know what? It means you're human. And I'm glad to see somebody else other than me is human too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's nice when someone else makes a mistake, not meaning said. it like that's that, right. but that's you know, right. again, that's the point. Ay, ay, ay. Well, how are you? Uh, I'm great. You know, I, day? Uh, my day is uh, good. Yeah, very good. Uh, mixed emotions, uh, mixed like uh, it's like a double-edged sword with with my customers I'm I'm working with today. And but I tell you before, uh, and part of that's what we'll talk about again. I came in here, I'm jotting down notes, and first off, I'm like, man, you know, I I I'm so excited, man. We're getting to talk. Feels like we hadn't talked in so long. We really didn't touch base much since we talked last week. Maybe here and there for a few minutes, which. And when I'm writing down, I'm like, oh, well, we can talk about this. We can talk about this. And then I want to ask you this. And we haven't talked about this. I'm like, oh, my God, this is we could talk all day long every day. Right. So I'm like, what do we talk about? And then, of course, I want to keep it specific to our little our little hobby, our little show here that we're doing with real estate. But um, but no, long story short, it's good. It's good to be talking to you. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. That's good to hear. Well, if you want to know, uh, and I, I jot this down. So basically, I figured this. I want to talk about, and I actually was, you know, in a few minutes while I was waiting for you. And I'm going to say this first. How I was going to say, I want to talk about stigmas in real estate, right? Stigmas that people have. And then I was sitting here thinking. I was like, stigmas or preconceived you know, notions. I was like, stigma, stigma. What does stigma actually mean? I looked it up mm -hmm. and actually that means things that people are ashamed of. Right. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing the definition. I closed it out. Right. I've got mm -hmm. this open now, but it was basically something along the lines of things considered shameful or, or, or being ashamed okay. of shameful. Right. Not necessarily to them or to something else, anything that has the stigma, which to me, is a preconceived notion, but a derogatory preconceived notion. People can have preconceived notions that are positive, and that True. certainly wouldn't be a stigma. Correct. Right. Well, so then correct what I was thinking. I was like, 
well, then I'm using the, the, the word wrong stigma because I'm like, uh, you know, a stigma against sinkhole remediated properties. Right. right. So there is a stigma. And, and so is it founded or unfounded, but all in all, just but like, is stigma the correct word? Is that something to be shameful of? Or is it more of a preconceived notion? You see what I'm saying? And it made me think of something I want to work on. And I wrote this here in my notes about, you know, using proper definitions, especially yeah. in this business, you correct me a lot. And I yeah. thank you. And I love you for that. And then proper spelling. I, a lot lately, I've been noticing I'll spell the same word wrong over and over and over again. And Google keeps correcting me and Google keeps correcting yeah. me. And I'm like, well, what is going on with my brain that I don't just correct this and remember how to spell it right and just start spelling it right? And so I did that for a few words this week. And now all of a sudden I'm spelling those words right. It was well, that's what like, we talked about, too, because your brain doesn't react. It anticipates. Right. So you've been using it wrong all this all this time. Your brain now thinks that's the correct spelling. So you have to go back and retrain your brain on how to do it right. And once top it becomes a habit, top down, bottom up, right? Top down, bottom up. Yeah. yeah. And then another one's proper vocabulary. I guess that goes, they fit right in those yeah. three things. So, right. But the vocabulary is an interesting topic, too, because the meaning of words change. So you mean our words in, in our business In anything it's, in any business. Yeah. It, right? they, I was just reading, I was just reading, um, you know, I get these, I get these emails about words. I'm going to ask you about emails in a second. Continue. <laughs> so I just was reading um, an email about certain words that have been removed from the dictionary that are no longer in a vernacular because new words have taken their place. Mm. And so they're, they're, they're being discarded. Well, along the way between the time this old word got discarded and this new word is being used, it has changed many times over the years before they send it out. So, and, and one of my pet peeves, I don't necessarily know that. Well, pointed Kate and case in point pet peeve. Now that is not the, the right word that I mean in the sense that what an issue that I that I've had in my mind and a topic that's always on the forefront of my mind is communication in general over years and years and years because and more so now because of everything that's going on in my life and in the world that we all have come from a certain perspective and we all look at things from our own perspective, which is different from the next person and then the different from the next person. So in any sentence, anybody says, and the words that we use to convey our communication is going to be um, uh, meant when spoken, but heard from the other person, from their perspective, their point of view, the, the, connotations that they use for every word, it will be absolutely necessarily heard in a different way than what the person saying those same words truly intended. There cannot be exactly the same thing. Do you close? They're sure. close. I mean, very, very close. Absolutely. But I would have to say that every time there is a nuance of difference. But plus, so when you say, so let's go back to the word that you were just saying right now, stigma. Yeah. That word is used all the time to talk about flood zones, sinkholes. Correct. So the word, so whether or not the dictionary has exactly the same thing, 
It works. It, it works. It enters our vernacular and we all use it for. So it's a, it, it's a slang. It becomes a slang then a slang that's a, that's a common use slang. We may not necessarily be using it proper, but everyone it's conveyed. We know that's what right. we're talking it's about. It's now changing. It's, it's now changing its term terms. I'm Interesting. because we're using it in a different context. Yeah. Now. And don't you think when it comes to that communication, especially with the technology and the lives that, mm. that we live these days and the, and the, the fast pace of it and the mm. short communications we have with people and, you know, that the abbreviations that we uh, use in texting. And right. Like Do you think people are, are uh, I mean, I can talk about just, uh, I kind of relate it to how people are driving on any given day, but the shortness in people's patience and they're, you know, the, do, do you feel that these days that, and these days, like, I mean, but particularly more recently that people seem to have to be more short and have a much lower uh, amount of patience or well, even, or even when you're listening to somebody else to even take the time and consider that they may be meaning something else then, you know, instead of just uh, uh, all of a sudden taking it wrong. Right. So Give that reminds kind of... me, right. That reminds me of a story. All right. And gosh, 40 years ago, am I dating myself? 40 <laughs> years ago, when um, microwaves first become, became in existence, you know, it, it, it took us some time to heat our food, reheat our food. Yeah. And now we can't wait a single minute for the microwave to get done. So, and that was only the start of it. So with technology, in the beginning, people thought that technology, including microwaves, would allow us more time to do the things that we really wanted to do. But instead, especially in, in, in our world, in our culture, it just made us pack that much more stuff in. And, uh, and now because of the immediacy of everything, now it's the immediacy is expected. Expected. So remember how I tell you to, you got to train people if they yes. text, do not text them back right away. And, and it's funny because I was just recently um, listening, uh, reading a thread I did not participate in, but I was reading a thread about that topic, about how people get offended if you don't respond to their text within oh, X amount of time. And yeah. that is just a horrible thing. Yeah. The type of people I tell people, if it, if it's going to turn out to a long thread and sometimes, and I really, I'm considerate with most people and it's somebody I know I'll say off the bat, or especially with people that I'm reconnecting with through a social media, I haven't talked to in years to say, listen, I want to let you know real quick that if you don't answer me right away, I don't answer you right away. It's cool, man. You get to this stuff when you get to it in this day and age, we all have our own lives and we're communicating in this way where I I'm not the type of person where when I send a message, I start looking at the screen, waiting for you to respond. Most people do. And I start getting angry every hour that you haven't respond. No, I have conversations going on right now. And they're great conversations where, where I'll say something. And then three days later, I get a response. And then I'll respond to that. And maybe a week goes by and we, so, and we have this exchange going on. And, and, and it's, it, it's almost more comfortable because we realize, okay, this person appreciates yeah. that I have my own life on the other end of this diet. That's my point about training people. You yeah. and the person that does that, they, you know, to accept that as normal and reasonable. But if you in this business start responding, the second somebody texts you, they will expect that of you. And when you don't do it, you are dog meat. Very so correct. you cannot 
do that. But, yeah. but on the other side of that, you have to let them know that, yeah. you know, you're not tied to your phone. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't carry my phone around with me every place I go, you know, primarily because I'll lose it every two minutes. I still lose it and I don't carry it around. So I, I don't carry it with me. And I tell people, if you call me, expect to leave a message. If you want to talk, text me ahead of time and let me know that you want to talk so I can call you when we agree. So because uh, in any business and even not in business, that your phone or technology becomes a leash. Sure. Who wants to be led around by a leash? But that's what's happened to us. Well, <gasps> and 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 we won't even go off with the you know the people that are attached to it just in their personal lives, but on a bit in a business sense, in our business specifically, right? So it, it there is a fine balance, and you have to, especially when you're new, you're brand new in here at any business, but you're new agent or you're new at whatever uh, 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 your profession is in this industry of real estate and you're hungry and you want to please and you want to build up customers and you want to get your name out there and you naturally are boom on that phone on that phone answering it and you're right you'll do that and you will wear yourself out because you're not you're setting the expectation that you are always available and then how busy can you be if you're always available that means right. you're not doing any business Correct. and if you are on appointment and you answer somebody else's call, what How is rude. that telling you about, what is that telling to the person that you're with right now? That yeah. their time is, you're, you're, they're not valuable to you. 100%. I am so insulted when, some, when I'm talking to somebody and they, they put me aside to answer their phone. I actually, and today I got to do it because I was doing those showings, right? This morning. And I find it too, it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to turn my phone off and spend quality attention towards my customer That's in right. the real, in That's the right. real moment live with them. And I get a break from my phone for a while. Yeah. I, I, I consider it a win-win. So your message is important. I, I, I just uh, left a message for somebody. Um, you mean the voicemail message yeah. that you have or the one that you leave? Or both? No, the one that you that that you need for some that they hear. Okay, your recorded your recorded yeah. greeting. That, gotcha. Yeah, and and theirs said, um, I check my messages twice a day. Hmm. And and you and you're always welcome to text me. So wow. which that you know what, what that means is you know you leave a message. I'm not going to call you back right now. Yeah. I, I check it twice a day. And if it's at the end of the day or, or whatever you want to be, you know, there's people that say I answer my, I re return phone calls every morning. Mm -hmm. So that means if you leave it, but you feel welcome to text me. And then if they do text you, then you can have an automatic text back saying I'm on appointment right now. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Yeah. The automatic so text one is, is huh? a funny one. I've uh, the automated text. Mm -hmm. I, I've adopted it, then I've let it go. I brought it back. I've well, let it go now. Yeah. Well, what? Because this is what happens when you hit that automated, uh, automated text. So if a phone's coming in and I'm on a call, and I want to hit, and, I, and you can preset them. You know mm -hmm. this, and I can mm -hmm. choose. Okay, hey, I'm on a call. Call you back, depending on who it is, or you know, mm -hmm. please leave me a text. When mm -hmm. I do that, it shoots to them on their phone. 
but mm-hmm. they'll, they don't hear it while they're in the call. They still, the call goes to voicemail. They still leave a message and then they hang up their phone. And then mm-hmm. whether it happens instantly or sometimes a minute or so goes by and then they get that text. And a lot of people I noticed reply to me thinking I actually just physically texted them that like I'm on another call, da, 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 da. So it became confusing um, in a few situations where they thought, well, hey, you got you're texting me. Why couldn't you just pick up my phone call real quick? Or like, uh, I don't know. I just put, I'm with somebody. I'll call you when I'm free. Yeah. But the thing is, is I wish that they got that, like it dinged in their earbud, like, or you got it. Like, I wish they knew before they followed through and left their long, sometimes a long voicemail for me. And then they hang up and all of a sudden they get a text saying, with whatever uh, don't I you think people, maybe a lot of people don't, but most people, I think, understand that. Yeah, maybe, but, you know, know, because I think it isn't it true that as soon as you as soon as you send it, it just discon- it stops their call and dumps their call right there. That's the thing. It doesn't. It yeah, it doesn't. doesn't. No, I wish it did. I wish it did. Because that way it stops them from having to waste their valuable time to continue on and leave sometimes a long voice. Is that not message. an option? I don't know. Not that I've found, you know, I've only had the option where you can go in and type several, you know, as many different Hmm. uh, pre-canned messages to send Hmm. them. Right. I thought once it's sent it, it shuts it off. No, I wish. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Absolutely. Right. But, um, but yeah, back to that, the expectations, Right. And, and, you know, setting that up from the beginning and time is valuable. I, you know, just you saying that now makes me think, and we've got so me, I've got so much coming at me from different areas and different ways, but I'm like, oh man, I got to go change our website. Even like my bio in there and everything at the bottom, which you told me it changed a long time ago. Cause it says I'm available from 9am to 9pm. I answer all my calls. I answer all my texts. I answer all my emails and blah, 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 blah. I really need to go and modify that because that's attached to a bunch of my stuff, right? Yeah. Um, not that it, you know, not that. That sounds enough. needy to me. I mean, that sounds, it's just, that, yeah. we call that a pop-up, you know? You're, <laughs> you're like a pop-tart, no, pop-tart. We call it a pop-tart, you're like a pop-tart, ready to just pop up anytime somebody wants you. To me, that shows you have lack of self-respect mm-hmm. and you're not busy enough and things like that, but- Yeah. And I see that from other agents, especially when I'm doing my rounds, you know, showing properties and I can, you know, the different agents that I come across and their, not just their personalities, but their, you know, their, how they conduct their business and how, you know, I got one that's blasted me since last night, like over 15 times, you know, before I went and showed the property during the property, after the properties, asking for feedback on the properties, asking me, I'm, I'm almost like, dude, do you have anything else you could be doing? Well, bothering you know, me right now. Well, you know, you can say something like that. Um, dip- diplomatically, like mm-hmm. I got your first map, your first text, right. I will be happy to respond at my convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Period. They get the message, and that's yeah. very tactful. Yeah. Very honest, and they get yeah. the they get the message. S- stop doing this. Stop being annoying. Stop being <laughs> obnoxious. Right. You're less likely. That person is mm-hmm. less likely to get feedback from me if they do that. Well, yeah. Right. 
you know, and, and the email thing. So I turn, I make sure I, I, have, I have a lot of those settings turned off to make sure that I don't, you know, that I don't get all those canned automatic, uh, automatic, automatic messages from showing time and all of this, because if you don't set those settings, right, you'll get blasted with all kinds of just, uh, emails that are just unnecessary and uncalled for and nobody reads them anyway. Right. But that makes me that that reminds me, I was going to uh, ask you about email anyway. And again, I told you I've got a page full of stuff I wrote in five minutes. We ain't going to get to half of this stuff, but the email thing, and this goes on, a, on another thing, physical, which I know that you'll relate to, but emails, what do you save? How do you organize them? What does your email box look like? What's going on with your email? And does it become almost a burden some days, like trying to manage uh, uh, your email? You know, that's funny um, because way back when I could never answer my voicemail messages because I got so many. And then they added to that emails. So now I have voicemails and emails and now there's texts. So, I mean, and that's not just now there's text. Text's been around for a long time too. But add to that Facebook. That's why, just... I tell, that's why I do not, absolutely do not participate in any of that stuff. I am not going to add another burden to my time. I was just going to ask if you got instant messengers tied to that. Yeah, I got you. You know, there's, yeah, but I never respond to them. Never respond to them. They can do, right. I don't even participate in that at all for so many reasons. So many reasons. Anyway. That almost can become a, a long, you know, that jack of all trades, master of none. It's almost like if you try to focus on every single communication outlet out there, how are you actually properly communicating with anyone, right? So let me answer, right. Let me answer your question on, on how I do my emails. Um, first, let's just talk about um, business emails. Just that, that's all we're talking about. Like just your okay. real estate business, you know. So I keep everything in one thread and I title the address, but I'm going to say that I keep everything in one thread until uh, something else happens. So if I get an offer on my property, it'll come in. I will have to rename it because they don't name it right. So in the subject line, and I will resend it to myself with the proper subject line. And it'll say uh, the address name and offer. So while I'm going back and forth with this agent with the offer, I keep it on the same thread. Mm. So once it becomes a contract, then I start a new thread and I put the address name and I put contract. And I keep everything about the contract on that. Mm. Then once I have an email about the inspection, then I put the address name, the address, and put the word inspection in the subject. So whenever I go and look for something, I know exactly what to look for. And of course, nobody else ever puts the proper title on the subject line. So I always end up resending it to myself with the proper subject line. Okay. So I don't, so I don't worry about, 
I don't worry about filing everything then because that takes too much time and too much hassle and I'm not disciplined enough. So I just know how to search for it in my email. And right. That's that's interesting. The, the, and the nugget that you dropped there uh, about resending it to yourself, because when you're saying that, and I wrote it down here in my notes, and I do try to do the same thing. I may have gotten that from you. I probably did. But um, it's when I'm dealing with other people and other companies. And, and for instance, this past week, I'm dealing with a title company and four different people have emailed me. And I, and I literally emailed the last one back. I says, Hey, listen, man, how many, I, I think I put yikes. How many people am I dealing with over there? How many email threads are we going to have on this one property? Right. And that's, and, and, and you're, and, and, it directly relates to what you're saying. Like, how do you deal with that? I guess you you email it to yourself, right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? And, and also, if, what I also do, I when I respond, I don't respond to everybody. I respond you, to one person. Yeah. I do not respond to all. Now, if I need to do the other agent and the title company, and if they have assistance or whatever, I drop them. Or do you I delete do those emails and don't even worry about them? No, if I'm responding to them, if they're mm -hmm. responding to me, yeah. if I'm just on the link, yeah, delete, delete, delete. If I'm just copied and it has nothing to do with it, yeah. I, I don't, I don't keep them at all. If it is, this just for your information, I only keep anything that has anything worthy of keeping on it, but it has to be on the same thread. And if they send me something in another email, that's on a different email, I will send my original thread and answer, copy and paste and answer it in the original thread. I like that too. See, that's, so everything is on, on one thread. I that's the thing. I, I want to keep it all simplified in one thread, right? And that solves one issue right there. So that's amazing. I like that. And then creating all these separate folders, right? No, I don't I, do that. I can always I just search my email. Yeah, right. When I need it. You don't really need it. I yeah. When I, you know, you, you start out, you create, you have say 10 folders, for instance. Oh, that's fine. But all of a sudden you creating folders for stuff and you have 50 folders. How do you so, just going to look for a folder? It takes you to a minute. Well, right? let me talk about folders for a second. So, sure. you know, um, uh, you know, we, we share our folders for our deals, but sometimes you want to keep your own too. I always have, I have an offers folder. And I never put it, the address, the numerical address first. I always put the street name first because mm. I can never remember the number. Mm. So it's not in numerical order. It's in um, alphabetical order. And I put it in offers if I'm writing offers. Mm. Um, and then once it becomes a deal, I have, uh, once it becomes a deal, I have another folder called deals. And then I slide it over to my deals folder. Yes. And then I keep the deals folder there. And then I have a listings folder. So yes. I just have offers, deals, and listings. And then, um, and then I have a deals off and I have a closed. So if it's deals off, I don't worry about my offers. My offers, I dump that every year and just get rid of my old offers that don't go anywhere. If, if it does turn into a contract, I'll slide it into my uh, deals. Um, you know, my listings is not there. But then if, and then if I have a deal off, um, then I have a deal off folder because we still have to keep our deals off. And then once we closed, we, I keep it in the uh, closed folder. Yeah, so I got a similar. I use most, the ones I use, the folders I use most, which are my deals and my listings, mm -hmm. I put an exclamation point in front of it to keep it on the top of the list. So I don't have to search down there everything. 
Now, are you talking uh, just like in a cloud, a Google Drive, or you're on yeah. your computer, or, or yeah. same with your emails? Do you no, have folders similar? No, you're talking about your drive. Okay, yeah. Only in my drive. Only on yeah. my only on my PDFs and, and those. I do not keep folders for my emails anymore. Yeah. Because see, it, I like too much. it's too much. You're right. See, I can manage the folder. I'm looking at mine. Mine are very similar. I've got active deals. I've got done deals. You know, I've got listing appointments. So I've got my my folders right there. And then of course we have our shared folder at our brokerage and everything like that. But um, that's different that's manageable, that has files in it, that has stuff yeah. that you're actively doing. I have a prospects folder. I have, you know, I have several yeah. ones that I need to kind of, uh, you know, um, it's always kind of, for me, Again, you know, I haven't been in this business nearly as long, but it's, it's a work in progress, right? Yeah. But narrowing these things down and simplifying it as much as possible, K-I-S-S, -S, right? Yeah. Keep it simple is important. The email one, I wanted to bring that up, and you're correct. I can't manage it anymore. I, they're gone. I've, I've, they're, they're history, and I save stuff that I don't need to be saving anyway. Well, it's ridiculous. See, I doesn't. You don't. You, you know, save. I don't delete. I've got. Let me see how many emails I have in here. Uh, I've got thirty-seven thousand some emails. Wow. And, uh, you know, that goes back and I've deleted, that's probably just, that's more than, you know, a couple of years, but I've deleted my past years. Sure. You know, I keep five years. We have to keep our records. So right. you got to keep your emails up to five years. Right. And so if you ever need to pull something up, you just search your, your subject for what you want. So you don't have to worry about that, but keep them for five years. Right. Everything, everything, everything. I mean, except the ones that go between people that you're copied on that doesn't matter to you. I mean, and we're talking about everything with actual deals that we are part of, not by, you know, uh, you know, junk from, you know what I mean? You know what oh, I'm talking about. Well, you know what? I've got so much junk that I don't, <sighs> don't delete that either. So, you know, how it what is ours is separated into, I mean, uh, and I got G, uh, Gmail. Sure. So it's got, what is that? Uh, what are the headings here? The headings are primary social promotions and updates. Well, I tell you what, uh, we, I don't want to get, in, 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 you know, but what I'm saying whole... is all those other ones, I don't even look at social. Right. I never look at. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. At. So What's great about Google is you can turn all those settings off too. So they go, you don't even see all that crap. Right. I'm yeah. it's uh, yeah. The folder one, but so on the, on the, on the same subject, but different, we're talking about physical, right? So your notes, your paperwork, your organization, do you, I'm, I've gone through this, we've talked about it before, but today I'm about to do a, a mass exodus into the trash basket. Do you ever feel held hostage by the amount of your notes and paperwork? And so let me tell you about that. That's an interesting topic. So um, I forever, how many decades now? I have a pile of things I need to read. And uh, Kate, and then when I when I get it, you know, I kind of peruse through it and know the topics and things that might interest me that I need to read and I keep it over there. And when uh, the time comes and I remember, you know, mostly legal things that I read and I keep up on. Um, but once that pile, if I haven't touched that pile in a month or two, I push it right off into the trash can, the whole thing. 
And so, but on my notes that I have, I have a little box for all my notes and I will, and then I have actual paper notebooks because I will go through my little notes and write down the important things in a notebook. And mm-hmm. yes, I do. I peruse through my notebooks to refresh my memory on what was going on. I'll then eventually rip out these pages, but so I don't miss my, you know, I'll lose these little pieces of paper and notes because, you know, when I'm out and about and somebody says something, or I see something that I want to remember, um, you know, my phone might be there or half the time, you know, even getting out my phone and putting a notes, I got so many notes on there and mm. which I keep, but still it's there. I never see it again. And I'm old school in the sense that I like touching it. Yeah. I hate keeping my, my phone to my face and that technology to my face all the time. I mm. much rather go through my box of notes and write down papers and, 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 and flip through that. Cause I can see all of it at once. And, and it just adds up in my head and then I can rip it out and throw it away and then rewrite it. So I, so I keep, I keep it active and alive in my brain, but then I pinpoint it down and down and narrow it down to a real active list. And in the meantime, I get all this information that I, that I, that I learned from. So See there, and, 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 and you said several things right there. So one I'm on this, uh, you know, I'm from the school of thought where writing things down physically helps you retain information. I know right. it does for me personally. Yeah, um, and then also going back through my notes and whittling it down and rewriting them and taking the nuggets out of there, what's important, because let's face it, a lot of my notes are me learning and training and figuring things out. And I want to retain this stuff. So I create those, I whittle them down, I put them in another folder. And I have folders that are separate for my notes, but, and Luckily, it's out of reach, but if I could reach over and grab it right now, I've got a pile like this. So what happens is, and it's good to be busy, right? But I get so busy that I get a, this backlog, right? Yeah. And it's and that whole dumping it into the trash thing is hard for me because it's becoming to a point where it's unmanageable. That's right. And I feel held hostage where I know... That was hard like, for me to that that tactic. And I think and, I got that probably 30 years ago started to do that. Well, and this is the thing. It's like at what point, okay, there's stuff in there I know I wanted to at one point to go back and rewrite and refresh well, myself on. Separate, you keep those in different piles. Well, I've, 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 I, I'm held prisoner by all these piles now. Uh, I've yeah. got all you these know, multiple that's, piles. That's a trait of ADD too, ADHD. It, it, correct. And, and, and the main thing is, is I know I can, at, at, at a certain point, it's almost better. And I know this from, you know, self-improvement kind of stuff in are you the talking past. What about anyway? I'm talking about uh, a, a, um, conversations I have with, uh, you know, uh, uh, prospects, or, you know, active deals, uh, conversations I have with uh, Janine or with you, or if I'm uh, training with an investor, if I'm talking to a mentor and it's a phone call and I'm taking no- notes. Um, and, and again, I'll have piles for the day and then I'll take those and separate those if I talk to multiple people. And then I'm just like, I'll get to it on the weekend and then I'm busy on the weekend. And then all of a sudden it piles up. And the thing is, and I know this from this people way smarter than me and successful people that at a certain point, you're now held hostage because you now are so far gone that when you go back to look at it, especially my notes, are you even going to understand what you wrote in your chicken yeah. scratch? So, you so know, cause you, cause I haven't had time to rewrite it and, right, so I, and, and real quick. And I'll let you catch that is, mm-hmm. well, no, go ahead. I want to hear your no, thought on that because, well, it's, it's also a problem with, uh, 
I almost feel like taking a course or a class on shorthand note taking, something mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do because my notes are, they're pretty good. I can write pretty fast and stuff, but if, if I go back and look at notes from a quick conversation where I was shorthanding it in my way, um, and it's been too long to where I, where I go back and look at those notes and I don't have a frame of reference because the conversation is no longer fresh in my mind. Okay. That's why to me, I try to get to those notes and okay. whittle them down within the next 24 right. hours. So let's talk about that. <laughs> and now I'm so, held hostage so by all this paperwork. <laughs> There's so many things that, you know, that, that you're, you're that, let me, let me again, and the main point is, 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 is it's beyond it. I need to chuck it in the trash because it's no longer important. That's now. not what I chuck. That's not what I chuck in the trash, by the way. The stuff I know that it's not I chuck in the trash are things right. that, that I want to, that things that I want to learn, things that I want to read, you know, right. some new paper articles, some magazines, um, you know, some training materials. Right. Like well, that. how about this? Let me ask it this way, because you're well, well far up in the upper echelon of the chain of command here all right when you were you know down as a greenhorn where i'm at did you that's have this problem with all your yes, notes that, that's and, what i want to tell you okay what i learned all right all right first of all and um so this was before technology hmm. so i always had my trusty book and, and then after when i first got my first iphone i chucked my book and put everything in my iphone out of sight out of mind boom i hated it i went hmm. back to my book so um and sometimes i when i uh, when I, so my point is this, um, you have to make a habit every morning when you, when you're starting your day or every night, when you're planning your day, your next day is, uh, every, every person gets a piece of a piece of a page of your notebook. Mm. Um, and then you write that person's name, the phone number, the date, what they called on and some, some, um, key things. Uh, that you remember about the conversation. Okay. And, and keep it there. But if you don't have your book with you, when you take the call and you just write it on a piece of paper, what you have to do is you have to first, you doodle, you doodle the date, hmm. you doodle, um, you doodle who these people are, what they called on, um, and some key things that they say, what it's referencing while they're talking, you're, you're doing some doodling. So mm -hmm. to help you remember the date is the most important on there. And then what are you doing? Where are you sitting? So all these, these things that can, was at my house, was at, I was in my car, I was at the store, you, you doodle these things. And mm -hmm. then you take these pieces of paper and then in the morning or at night, you immediately make yourself a habit. You add these people to your book. And then, and then every morning you, you, you flip through the book of people. And then you'll start to say who are the hot ones, who are the cold ones. We have, uh, you know, hot leads, um, uh, uh, cold leads and in between. And so, and then every morning you're, you're bringing these people to your mind and you're getting rid of these things. So mm -hmm. while you're very, very, they don't pile up because you get rid of them right away because yeah. I had to get rid of them right away or I'd lose them. I was yeah. always afraid of losing this stuff. So I immediately, because I wrote everything on these little pieces of papers, whatever I can, usually the back of a business card. So I always whip up my business card and write it on the back of the business card. So, and then I collect them all and, the, and my trusty books. I learned to keep really good notes in my books and get rid of all that stuff and keep, as a matter of fact, I want to tell you, I've got this notebook right here that I have had. Oh, let me look back. And then what happens is that, um, then I have to get a new one. I start, you know, tearing some pages out, but this one, this one is from 2012. Mm -hmm. Moving made easy. 
And then I have all these ideas that I had, brainstorm th things that I have, and I keep this in this little book. And so this little book, even though I, 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 it's not active anymore, I keep it, I throw it in. And then, so what happens is you have to keep your pipeline. Well, you know what? Your active deals. If you uh -huh. have active deals, you have to keep your, your, your pipeline going. Sure. You, you, you know, while you're saying that, what I did, and I and it's going to benefit me to start over with most of this, is what happened was is the past couple months I see sitting over there. Um, and a lot of it I did pull out of there that it, because it was important. I didn't, um, it's, it's all mixed up. It's all finagled with important stuff and not important stuff. I didn't, I didn't organize that properly. And, yeah, that's and, right. and, and then and they going, different books. Yeah, this and going back through it. This is for ideas. Right, because, no, because what, but what I have a problem with is, is not tossing the conversations with uh, customers or, or stuff like that. It's more of the conversations I had with, with uh, colleagues with mentors, with you, oh, and see, important I nuggets of- I never of, kept those. I, I just, I don't keep those. I have, well, I have a folder. I have a notebook it, and, uh, you know, I have a bunch of them I showed you before. Like one is just, you know, successful habits. And one is like, you know, quotes, you know, inspiring quotes. I can flip to that if I yeah, need to right, read something right, inspiring. Right, 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 um, right, and right. then, you know, I have one that is, you know, I call my, you know, nuggets of information you know, drop nuggets. In fact, there was a time I was like, I'm going to create like a show called, um, you know, a drop in nuggets, you know, and just, and just interview people that are super, super smart and just let them drop nuggets of information. Yeah, right. Right. Cause I get that out of, out of a conversation. I'll have a yeah. conversation. It'd be a couple hours and there'll be like several nuggets that that person dropped. And those were the powerful notes that I took. You right? know, it's funny that you should say that because way back, way, way back. I was in my twenties when I started this mid early twenties, 25 actually. And, um, uh, I, I would not necessarily, I, I don't remember necessarily writing everything down about that, but I remember certain nuggets and yeah, 40 years later, I still remember those nuggets and I lived my whole life by them. Yeah. And so, you know, one of them is one of them is do not let this business uh, lead you around on a leash. Yeah. Do not let it lead you around by a leash. It's your business. You manage it. Do not let it manage you, you know, yeah. and things like that. So and, you know, have no regrets in life. Yeah. So you live your life like it's the last. And I almost think, you know, that those, you know, what the ones that you lived by that you carried with you, your life, I believe we, I, I mean, I we hope, I hope that. every person has these, right. Yeah. I believe that's something that should be written down in whatever, if you're ever going to write a little biography about yourself to leave behind or whatever, even if it's just yeah. for reading while you're still around, like these and, and on the, in this chapter, these are things that I lived by. You know, and and their nuggets of information yeah. that that right. you got along the way through this yeah. life from whoever. Again, yeah. I think we talked about this before. It could have yeah. been some employer when you were twenty, or a teacher yeah. when you were in yeah. ninth grade, yeah. or a you're a boss when yeah, you were. There's in, a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah I remember. My, but see, my point is, I didn't write any of these down. They just as you really them. don't. They stick, yeah. right? I write them down because I'm a call it old school and I'm old enough to be there. I remember the microwave when my dad got our first microwave, you know? So, uh, I, you know, I can reveal a little bit of my age as well, but, um, I am the physical write it down type of guy, 
you know, and it helps me. And of course, that's a nugget of information. Actually, I picked up that I've kept with me that writing things down yeah. puts it does something. It, it's like this, this visual physical thing that you do while you're reading it while you're thinking it while you're writing it. Yeah. Right. Which is Mind why mapping. Hmm? Mind Mind map? mapping. Yeah, right. Which is why sometimes when I'm listening to someone on the phone, they might not necessarily know that I'm taking notes. I don't always say that, right? Because I have mentors, they don't know that they're mentors of mine. You know, even if it's just a mentor in one area of business or life, but they're the type of person that will drop nuggets. So I will pull the car over, pull my notebook out and just have my pen ready. So if they say something profound, I can jot it down so fast and then go back and reread it later. Right. Well, that's also when I'm talking to customers and I doodle because I do write down the keywords that they say and I put the day. And when I'm looking over that, it makes my mind remember the actual phone call. Yeah. But if you, if you don't do that, you, you put them out of place, but it just helps me even where I'm at when I'm talking to them or where I met when I met them. And, mm-hmm. and that's the t- stuff type of stuff that, and then you put it in your notebook and then when I, you come back, you know, so uh, when I first got started and, and everybody does this when they first get started, you know, you're excited and you have to learn how to close a deal. So while mm-hmm. you're working the deal and closing the deal, you're not prospecting and filling your pipeline. So when you're done, you, you know, holy crap, now I got nothing. I got to start all over again. Eventually you, you learn how to keep your pipeline flowing as you're closing your deals and it just, mm-hmm. it, you just close them off. So my point in saying that is that's when you bring out your trusty your trusty uh little notebook because then you per you go through the pages again and those people that were cold leads you call them now six or eight months later all of a sudden they'll say i can't believe you just called me because we were just talking about it last night and so you revive all these things so your cold leads will not be cold leads forever so when you're writing all these things down and you already because you've taken your notes and you doodled on it you can remember and you'll say hey i don't know if you remember me but we we met at the grocery store or you called me on this house and you weren't quite ready at the time but you had this or that and the other thing so um i was going through my notes and i came across your name i started thinking about you and i'm calling you are you where are you at in your home buying process now and they'll say oh my god i can't believe you you're calling us now i can't tell you how many times i've heard that so you know if you don't have it in your book it's just a note they're cold leads and you disregarded it you know you you're starting from square one and there you say it and do you by the way do you include past customers in that you know, reaching out to, you yeah. know, say, Hey, have you, it's been six months since uh, you bought your new house. How you doing? You know, yeah. uh, who do you know that's uh, buying or selling? What's yeah. Well, going on? that's, that's absolutely right. But it's funny about past customers um, in that. Uh, yeah. Every, you, you should really contact them here. Here's the thing that I learned. Um, even if you had a hard transaction or everything wasn't, wasn't the way it should be, or something happened with the house if you call them back and I, and I, if I was told this at first and I never did it because I was afraid to, because I didn't want to deal with these people because it didn't go smooth. And that's a big but thing. When you, it is. But you know, what happens is you got them for life when you call them back yeah. and you know, half the time they are angry and they, are, and you know what, all you have to do is listen to them. 
Dude. And, oh, and then you say, oh, that's I, I still feel so bad. What can I do to make this right? Oh, nothing. You can't do anything. And, uh, and you just, or, or maybe you can do something. You know, I learned that in a lot of sales jobs, but in this industry, when I was uh, recruiting agents and, and we were working on training programs and things that new agents needed, the that that word follow up, you know, not all not only are, are that in fear. The fear of picking up the phone and cold calling or the fear of bringing up what you do, the fear of closing, but also the, 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 the there's an anxiety that people have naturally of, like you said, calling a past customer, regardless of what the experience yeah. was. It's almost like, but that world, like you said, it's, it's huge. It's huge in their eyes. Follow-up is huge to, like, to, to, right. to communicate and say, hey, even if you had a great experience, you know, say, hey, how you doing, man? I just wanted to touch base. Or if you're in the neighborhood, I've done this already many a times around here. If I'm in the neighborhood, I'll swing by their house. And oh, if they're I outside, I'll wait. A million years. I would <laughs> never. I absolutely would. If somebody dropped on me at my house, I would be, I would just, you know. Don't I, knock I on the door. Do I would never, never do that. But yeah. I'll tell you what, most of the people, I have to be honest about this. Yeah. Now, most of the people I get so close and friends with, that I, I talk to them, email them, keep in touch. But those that I am not, I don't want to keep in touch with. Yeah. I don't ever want to do business with them again. Yeah. I don't care if they're business or not. I didn't like them. And I will, I do not want to communicate with them ever well, again. You know, it's funny that you say that too. And I'll bring it back to uh, today. You know, a, a real experience I had this morning where uh, I went and showed some properties for my buyers, right? My sellers and my buyers, which is, that's another interesting yeah. thing I wanted to yeah. talk about, but yeah. we'll get to it another time. Like, it's great having them as sellers. Oh crap. Now they're my buyers too. Yeah. And it's difficult out yeah. there, right? Yeah. So, but again, I've told you this before, and this is an old school thing. And it's the reason why I have the car that I have. I want to try to get them in the car. Right. So they are now captured <laughs> in a sense right but it's as long as you're it's a it's a great opportunity mm -hmm. right there's a mm -hmm. lot of rapport building it's mm -hmm. it's you can talk about the properties the neighborhoods you can communicate when you're driving up you know but at the same time i noticed today you know uh and you stop for coffee if it's a long day you're seeing a lot of properties and it goes along that lines of communication. You got to be careful because wow. when you, you'll open up doors to things, when you say something, you reveal something like personal what? about yourself, oh. uh, just because you're getting comfortable and you're talking to them. And all and of a sudden you want to uh, carry the conversation and you say something and then they ask questions and then you're like, Ooh, you know, it's, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. there's a line like, a, yeah. you know what I'm, I think, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm trying yeah, to say, yeah. right? It's not that we're not trying to be you get, you genuine, can. You but at be the same genuine, time, but you, they're, they're from yeah. a different culture. They have different backgrounds. It's that communication yeah. thing. And you say something and it yeah. makes them, you know, oh. You know, yeah. So you want you want to keep it, even though you like them and you laugh about things, right. you don't want to get personal when you're in business. Cause that's, I mean, afterwards, if you want to get personal, but not during business, not during, Hey, the there's business. something else that you just, I, I don't think I ever said to you. Um, and you said, when you spend all day showing houses, don't do that. I know it's, I know it's a little bit different now that, well, in the sense that uh, there's not a lot of houses, but if there is, you want to show them, but traditionally, traditionally, no more than three houses. Well, and I'll tell you why. Okay, because, go ahead. Because 
there's a few reasons. Number one, they get confused. Number two, you can't remember. And number three, you get tired. Mm. Three, house number four, house number five, even if it was the perfect house, they're tired. They're, they're, they don't want to do this anymore. Right. You, you're not in a good enough mood and attitude anymore to fall in love with a house. Well, again, now this goes along many things, but it goes back to using the proper language and vocabulary. So when I said all day, I showed them three houses and it was only a, f- a few hours this oh. morning. It felt like all day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> because um, for a, a variety of reasons, one, uh, the houses I had to show them, I, uh, I, I have to, it was kind of like uh, checking things off the list, right? I don't feel like I would have been uh, providing, uh, doing them the, the proper justice if I didn't at least show these possibles going by their criteria and see if they were even, you know, something they would consider. Now I know no, and now I know what not to look for. But also, man, some of these agents and their scheduling and their restrictions and trying to schedule these things in some sort of an order or within a yeah. time frame can be difficult some days. Yeah, and more I, than and, it used to. Everything is wacky. Oh yeah, yeah. I had you know, it's lovely when you when you when you sign in. It says super key or combo box. Go and show. Pick yeah. a time. And I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I like right? that too. The easier, you the know. better. I had one this morning. The first one was a listing uh, agent must accompany and she just boss hogged from the minute and i talked to her on the phone she was great on the phone i met her before but she took over from the minute we walked so in and i tell actually- you that i tell you what let no. me do you said a couple things that i need to, to clarify for you sure. um uh let's start with that because i think i i forgot the first thing um if an agent needs to be there you make it right up front that you're going to wait outside, right? You will not talk to my customer, right? You yeah, make that. This is my customer. And I'm telling you right now, you are not going to have a communication with my customer. Yeah. And you know why I didn't do that? Because one, I thought about it this morning after I talked to her last night, it was a late phone call. And I thought about that again, when we we're driving over there, but me, I, I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Because Never do I that. do it because you know, it now, right? you know, most of my past listings in the past few months have been, I had to be there. Right. And what do I do? Every time they show up, I get my business card. I introduce myself, say, Hey, Hey, listen, you, these are your customers. You go ahead and, and, and do your thing. If you need anything, I'll be right. with an earshot over here. They don't, you know, don't, just, you know what I said about, <laughs> about realtors. Yeah. Yeah. Do not it, it, take anything for granted. You set the rules. You're in charge. You know what? You're the HMFIC. Yeah. I, I, I completely, the funny thing was, is man, Mike buyers did not like her. They I know. did not like that. They just, they, they felt, uh, we got out of there quick. You know, and it was a little bit with the house, but a little bit with that situation. But I had that. Then the second one was great. So super, super box. We went in. The house sucked. I knew it was going to suck. The neighborhood sucked. Mm -hmm. And then the third one. All right. And then the third one was the owners had to be there. So the mm-hmm. owners were there and let us in. It was such a, thankfully they were nice, but they ended up holding us hostage at the door talking about all these things. And I actually got oh, my buyers is... out of there. You know, I cut the conversation off and, and, and got us out of there, but. Okay. So let me tell you what I was going to say. <sighs> yes. Um, when you're first showing anybody houses for the very first time, this is. You know, this is you mean they're your customer and you're taking them out for the first first time yeah. going to look live. OK, gotcha. right. So I always say this. I said, we're going to see three houses. Mm-hmm. You might hate them and you might love them. I don't know if you hate them. That's OK, because I'll never show you anything you hate again. 
Yes. And if you love it, great. Then we don't have to, we don't, we can end our search right here. So what I'm doing is setting it up. So it ain't my fault. And if we're going to find one, uh, then we're going to buy it right now. Yeah. Um, but that's important because you say, I have never met you. I really don't know what your tastes are. So mm-hmm. by knowing what you don't like, we can help narrow it down. So I just want you to know up front that if you hate it, it's okay. Perfect. Yeah. A lot of things that um, the, a lot of the things that buyers say that their their agent never listens to them. Right. So you have to listen to them, and yes. based on their criteria. And the other thing is um, now a lot of times they well they say buyers are liars. Buyers mm. aren't liars. They just don't know what they want. They just don't understand the market. They just don't know what they can get for their money. Sure. So and I also say those words to them. I also say, you know, there's there's a saying in our industry that says buyers are liars. And I have to say buyers aren't liars. You just don't know what you what what to expect. You don't know really know what you're looking for. It's my trained eye. And I give them this example. I say, so you tell me, I'll ask you what's the most important thing and you'll tell me the most important thing is the kitchen. But when we go into the house and the first thing you do is head to see what size the master bedroom is. And then you go outside to see how the backyard is. I know it's not the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't know that, but I learned that. Yeah. So that's why showing you around a couple of times, I can add it up where you might not know. Yeah. Very quickly and easily true. too. Yeah. And you'll see the difference between the husband and the wife, that's what right. the husband's looking know- for and what the wife's looking for and, and, very and quickly. Then- and another right. thing I tell them too, and uh, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but um, I, I say, you know, we can look at so much on photos. All right. And these listings, and I can send you this stuff, but we need to get out there and look too, because you, the photos only do so much. And half of these photos don't really properly convey anyway. These days they're always digitally enhanced and they put fake stuff in them and all that stuff. I said, I said, by us getting out. And I said that today, right? So yesterday and today I took them out and yesterday was, you know, it was two good ones. Right. But they're, you know, for whatever reason, but today I knew the first one, probably it was the closest one. The second two were exactly what we're talking about, that they fit their criteria, but I had to bring them there to, to see these things, to see how they reacted. And I learned a lot today. And I, I, I spoke to them. I said, hey, listen, this helps me a lot. So yeah. now I know what not to even present to you, right? By doing this, we're working together to find what- And you're also we- educating them. Because a lot of times, if they're in this price range, this is what they're looking for. This is the neighborhood you want. Is this the neighborhood you want? Right. So, you know, it's always better to get the worst house in the best neighborhood than the best house in the worst neighborhood. And uh, so you have to you have to talk about this. And the other thing is you have to say, all right, I want to know what your perfect house is. Mm-hmm. OK. And if you have to give up something, what would you give up first? Yeah. And then what yeah. is the most important? Now, you're saying this to me, but now I got to see it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even afterwards, before we hopped on here, I came into the office, I shot them two properties that just hit the market today. Cause they told me the areas and they're over in Wesley chapel and, and he's on the phone. He says, Oh yeah, that's too far. We're just the other day. They were like, look over there. So, you know, but they're learning real quick by us being out there, you know, it's a team effort. Yeah. They're learning. I'm learning, yeah. you know, it's part of our business, you know, so as the a other thing that the them. other thing that has happened. Um, and I think it's important too, because it gets them off the couch and, and they look yeah. at all these properties, they get confused. Just like you said, only show them three. They look at 20 properties after work and they don't remember the first one they looked at. No, that's the reason why I also tell people I want to find your house. You can look, 
but you tell me ones you want, but I'm going to pick the three that we're going to see because I'm more, I'm the professional and that's what I'm, you're hiring me to do. Uh, so yeah. you take charge, always take charge to your business. You, yeah. They will run you around ragged if you don't. And the other thing is they will say, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And yet that's the one they end up buying. So you have to be careful. That's why they say buyers are liars. Number one, if they want to go out there and you say, well, wait a minute, you told me before you didn't want to. And now you're telling me you do what changed your mind. And, and here's the other thing, uh, because if they say nothing changed your mind then say, if you didn't buy it before, because it was too far, why would you do it now? If nothing changed your mind and you pinpoint it to them, you, yeah. you make them, that's, um, uh, you, you make them say it. So, yeah. and then, and then the other thing you do, when you show them a house, you ask them, what did you like most? What did you like least? I, I do that. And yeah, then, for sure. And then compare the first one and the second one. Which one did you like most? And then the third one, which one did you like most? So now you got the best one of the day. So now the next time you're going to compare with the best one of today and say, so if you keep going back to that one is the best one today, if it's still there, then buy it. If it's not, it's always been the best one, you know? So, and, and how about this? So, and I've, I, and I stress this to them multiple times, each time I speak to them, that the reason I worked for two days to get the financing, right, to get everything. So we could in this market, so we can pull the trigger on something. The minute yeah. we find something for you and yeah. how about this? So showed them something yesterday. They liked it, wrote down what they thought da, 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 da. it was right at the upper echelon of what they can afford. But, you know, I says, Hey, you know, if this is something that you want to put in an offer in, we need to do it. This market it is not going to last. So today when I called, no, I was sent them those properties. He said, Hey, you know, that one yesterday it's pending already. Yeah, good. I says, yeah. Are you surprised by that? He says, yeah. well, yeah, I'm a little surprised as I says, okay. Uh, is, is it bothering you? He said, yeah, we were, you know, we were thinking about Good. the house. And that's the thing right there. So let me tell you that. I think they just learned a lot things. from that, so, right? Right. But let me tell you some closings on that. I, some okay. closing. First of all, two things you're going to tell them because of that. Number one, as a seller, if your house doesn't sell in the first day or two days, we have a too high price because if it's priced right, then mm -hmm. that it'll sell in the first two days. So right. keep that in mind. Now, as a buyer, you want to lock it up. You still have your inspection period to change your mind. So exactly. don't, worry making, don't worry about making an offer on it. We've got, right. you know, at least seven days, if not 10 or 15 days to change your mind. Correct. Let's lock it up now. Even if you, you have an inkling that you might want to, especially since you're getting financing, you're going to be having to make offers on a lot of houses. There is no perfect house right now. Far from a perfect house. You just want to get a house. That's what we're, uh, Mo knows that the husband, the wife is slowly realizing that, right? Okay. That That's it's, a hard it's, one to it, swallow for people. Yeah, because yeah. this is, uh, you know, because of their, and all of these are huge, not just financially, but these are personal life-changing decisions. Obviously yeah, they sure. have a family. Especially she moved into his guy. house. She never liked that house. That's where he had his, fir his first oh, wife. They were divorced. Yeah. She, yeah. she wants a nice new house and new, yeah. and she was, you know, and I'm, you know, uh, educating her on their current situation and what they can afford and we'll find you something nice, but it may not be everything you're you looking don't for. Don't say it may not be. Yeah. It will not be. It will not be. Right. Right. Yeah. But don't I see it. Yeah. I know we're going to find uh, them something, right? I'm comfortable about that. 
But, um, you know, again, except for they have to get financing and they're up against so many cash buyers. That's the thing. They're going to end up settling. Right. So I, I, and, you know, we'll go off on one thing here uh, before we, we close out on this, but it is mainly, like you said, so I educated them again today, yesterday and today about that inspection period and about where, you know, we need to put in offers when we find something, uh, and I need to stress it a little bit more of what you're stressing that, you know, be ready to not have your offers accepted. Right. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and I haven't even thought of that. Right. Well, mm-hmm. that also, you have to let them know this is very frustrating. I want you to know it's going to be very frustrating. Yes. Frustrating. And especially they have to close on their properties. No, they're not getting financing. Didn't you say? No, they are getting financing. They wanted to pay cash. Can right. they pay- they can after the sale of the house. So that would be something short-term housing. We can do an all cash offer after the sale. We even now, again, this is something I wanted to talk about at one time. I got uh, different opinions from other colleagues that we know and work with. Um, and uh, I wanted to get your opinion on it, but about doing, uh, you know, a contingency where, uh, you know, because everyone wants proof of funds. This is, and, and we had that house we looked at today. She was, the seller was in a situation she, you know, we were working it out, but they didn't like the house. Right. But that, you know, working a deal and brokering a deal where, Hey, we're under contract. This is our closing date. We'll have such and such funds. We, the Royal, we, me and my sellers to put all cash offer on your property and then work that out, which um, from what I understand, you know, in a different market, may be more of an option, but now, I mean, who's, who wants to really even. You're talking about a contingency to close or a contingency to sell. Contingency to sell the current home and use the cash to make an all cash offer. Well, let me just say that if it's a, if it's a new house on the market, you don't stand a chance. No way. This house had a lot of issues and that's why we even stood a chance, which is we'll go out on this unless you have anything to, to, to add to that, but it was a remediated sinkhole property. And we never got to any of the stigmas or preconceived notions today, but let's, let's, let's talk about that one for a few minutes. Okay. Um, again, another uh, 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 a colleague of ours, uh, and, and I spoke to him and got his opinion on it. And I want to get your opinion. And I have an opinion that was formed by speaking to either structural engineers in the past or on a, on a deal where we had a, a sinkhole issue, but I had my, my opinion was completely opposite of his. So I took his input and I want your input on as, as a buyer, um, when you're working with a buyer and, you know, do you, what do you, how do you present them, uh, sinkhole properties? Do you even, what do you feel about them? And, and is the stigma true for you? So, uh, most my, my answer is it depends. Mm. And usually for a younger family that needs, needs equity and needs everything, I would say, stay away from it. Mm. Now there's exceptions from that. Mm-hmm. And the exceptions are, if it, it depends on, it depends on the actual type of sinkhole that it had, where it was, how many houses around it. Mm-hmm. If you have a full um, engineering report and how long ago it happened, and uh, is it 
totally redone or does it still need some work? And are you getting a good enough deal on it? So there's very, there is a lot of variables. So just like everything um, else, very situational. Yes. Mm. So, um, you know, uh, I would have to, I would have to have more information to, to tell you, but usually well, if it's a younger I, family, I would say no. And the reason being is their lives change too quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you had to sell the house quickly and it's a sinkhole, then it might take them longer and they might not get what they need out of it. I usually right. say it's probably a lot safer for somebody that's going to, that can predict that they're going to stay there for a long time. An older couple or an older person that isn't, you know, doesn't have a young family, doesn't have, you know, uh, work and, you know, to do all those things. And that already has money that they don't have to worry about it so much. But a younger couple, I would say that probably stay away from it. Unless, unless they got a good enough deal on it. And the sinkhole wasn't that serious and they have an engineering report and more than likely it probably wasn't a true sinkhole anyways. All right. So, so let's talk about that actually. And just in case 20,000 years from now, uh, they find uh, these tapes uh, in a, in a, you know, buried underneath ice and someone actually listens to this (laughs) where we live in Florida, we, you know, sinkhole issues are very prevalent in a lot of areas here in this County. So, Let's just um, say, let me just say that they're not as prevalent as you might think, because right. m- there was so many scams for so many years that a lot of what are declared sinkholes were never really sinkholes. Correct. So, and, and, and you're really, and, and, go ahead. Go ahead. So it's just because they are labeled a sinkhole doesn't mean that they are a sinkhole. But in some areas, okay, the fact is, I mean, a lot of these, uh, you know, and, sure. Uh, I mean, this was a lot of this was all marshland and swampland. I remember as a kid coming up here all the time. It was nothing up here, but it was all swampy, swampy stuff, which is Florida primarily, you know. Well, Um, an actual sinkhole is when an aquifer collapses. Correct. And that's and that's what I was going to bring up when because and you mentioned this a few times when you were speaking about the if it's an actual sinkhole or not, because sinkhole remediation, it could have actually just been ground settlement. Right. Where it was right. where they came and fixed a, 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 where the ground was settling underneath a small portion of the garage or, you know, a back end of the uh, 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 lanai or something. Right. And it's labeled a sinkhole, sinkhole right. repair. Right. And- so, let me just give you a, an example. Mm-hmm. I had a house in Palm Harbor that I had for years and years, and um, they had these big old wooded shrubs around there. And I cut down the shrubs, but I didn't dig out the roots. And there were big old roots because those shrubs were there probably oh, 15 years or so there were big roots. When those roots started to decompose and also I had a gutter and a downspout that kept, that kept shooting off and the water would go under there. So between the water rushing uh, under um, my, uh, uh, the lanai where the pool was and the organic material of those roots decomposed and decayed uh my the 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 porch settled like three or four inches and made a big crack in the corner of my uh my lanai there was no way a sinkhole right correct right but i but i could have i didn't 
I probably could have declared it a sinkhole. My neighbor, two doors down, did the same damn thing, and he did get a sinkhole. And now that house is considered a sinkhole, and it was by no means a sinkhole. You know what's funny is this specific property, that's what the owner did. He actually filed a claim on settlement. It wasn't a sinkhole and fought it and they came in and now it's declared a sinkhole. So he almost shot himself in the foot now that he's trying to sell that house a few years later. So, so can you still, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can can you still, is that a option anymore? Like, do you, can people get insured for Seco anymore and still file claims against it? No. Here's the thing. Well, they have on our regular policies, there is still catastrophic. Catastrophic. In order to get it catastrophic, you have to have a break in your structure, the roof Mm. line, or you have to have an actual hole open up. And, and, and so, but you can't just settlement issues is not, and you can buy it. It's very expensive, but they come out and make sure there's no crack anywhere. If they find a crack anywhere, you're not going to get it. And there's no way you're going to go in a house and not find any crack anywhere. Exactly. Right. um, So that doesn't, I don't, I don't know of anybody that's gotten that since they took that off. I think they took that off probably 10 or 15 years ago. Now I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. It was a while back. For sure. Yeah. But there is still catastrophic in your regular. So if you did, if you did get a, a sinkhole and your house, you know, have had a part of a collapse in your roof line or the floor collapse and part of a collapse, they will still pay it. They, it's still in your regular sink. So uh, uh, let me uh, narrow it down to this question here. So uh, a, a friend of ours and, uh, uh, and someone in that, that we know says, uh, in this business is sinkhole. I ain't even showing them that sinkhole. I ain't even messing with that. I ain't even, nope, passing right on that. Why even deal with it? Liability. And he went into the, to this rent. Hey, that's, that's him. So you, am I correct in saying that it's not necessarily that you won't, uh, present them a sinkhole. It's situational with the buyers. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, so in the case of those buyers, I would have to find out uh, get the read, actually read the engineering report and see what the problem was, see how they fixed it. Take the engineering report over to, over to an insurer to see what the insurer says about it. And then make sure you negotiate an excellent, excellent price on it. Does it matter? Excellent excellent price. Yeah, it does. No, I mean, no. Does it matter if they're currently insured? If the current owners? Yeah, because we talked about this before. There's different types of insurance. Correct. Right. And uh, and not only that, um, rules change. So that the insurance that they have right now, if these are the same people that had the sinkhole, they could have insurance without. without you know a limited amount of insurance which the i forgot the insurance policy it's an h2 something i think h anyways this policy does not uh contain water damage and i don't mean flood i mean in case like uh let's say you're you're like what happened to me um, I had a water supply line and a toilet that burst when, when they weren't home and it flooded out the whole place. Now their insurance paid for that. Uh, but some insurances, some sinkhole policy insurances wouldn't do that. And that policy would not be acceptable to a lender. Hmm. So you have to make sure that the policy that an insurance company would um, issue a, a normal 
and I, and I don't know the number, there's a number involved, a regular homeowner's policy that covers that water damage that and the lender would require. And that's only part of it. Like I said, also, because of a family, a young family, sometimes they have needs quickly. And it's sometimes much more difficult to sell a house that has a sinkhole that could leave them in a jam. I would let them have that decision, make that decision. But if it has, if it's a house that has everything that else that they want in their price range, in their neighborhood, um, it is, is insurable and, and you get a good enough price on them or a reasonable price on it, yes, do not say no to somebody. I mean, you know, let them make that decision and let them know that that's a, because it's supply and demand. There's the demand is so high right now. So in a time where the demand isn't so high and the demand is half or less than half, and it's, let's say a, a buyer's market, a lot more buyers out there. And then they have all these houses to choose from. And this has a sinkhole. You're going to have a harder time selling it. Right. So are you willing to take that risk? And if right. they are because it has everything they want right now, the location, the price and everything, then that choice is yours. But you have to know, you have to know these things. You yeah. have to make sure you have to make sure that it's insurable to the full, to the full. It's insurable and price right. Right. So I let them know that the, it's overpriced. You know, it is. They're asking too much. And not only does it have the remediated sinkhole issue, but it has a 21 year old roof on it. Well, they, they, they won't be able to get a mortgage right away on that anyway. Well, this one, we were going to work a cash offer, oh. right? We were going to work a deal if they were even going to consider it. How long has it, it right? been on the market? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, too long. Okay. So it's, it's, it, then it's, then it's negotiable. That's why they were willing to negotiate when she called me last night at almost 10 PM. Right. Who's, so, who, the, the, the listing agent, the listing agent. Yeah. Right. Very, very nice. Uh, unfortunately she did that whole act today where she boss hogged the, you know, she took oh, over the, she took over the you showing. Gotta, you got to set her from, straight from right the get on go. that. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. I hate that. I know it was uncomfortable, but she kind of did me a favor. <laughs> it, it went so fast that she, the house, they weren't interested in the house. I could tell by their just, in fact, before we walked in, they already were shaking their head. Right. Why but, is that? Well, I, because I discussed to them these things about the price and the remediated sinkhole. I okay. didn't hide it from them. Okay. You know? well, that, okay. So it had nothing to do with the actual house itself. Well, the house was too small as well. Yeah. The house was too small as well. But they, but even if the house was nice, she, you know, they, for all the reasons that we just talked about, yeah. that you just talked about, they know. Because again, he understands that mo. That if they, and I ex explained this to him, if you didn't know already, I said, hey, listen, you know, it isn't just about uh, you if, if getting this home at a good price, even if, you know, doing the roof and the remediation. sequel. I says, what if you need to sell it in a couple of years? You may have a problem selling the house because it's right? supply so, and demand too many people will, won't even take a look at it too many agents won't even show their customers now uh he also said uh a, a liability do There's you no bring liability. that in he because no. he was like uh what if you sell this house and two years from now a hole opens up and sinks those people no, up they and know it was some a, story the only time the only time there's a liability is if you don't disclose. If you don't disclose, right. So I didn't say anything. I just let him talk. He was he went on a little rant. So and it's fun to listen to him yeah. on his rant sometimes. So um that's almost most of the enjoyment on some of those phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> um to get his opinion and then hear his 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 view, right? I like that. Um, but then one last thing. So let me point out where I was coming from at, at before this. So 
And I said this, and I want to make sure that I wasn't incorrect, that I says, well, if you take a home, say they're both 20, uh, no, don't even go that route. Just you got a home and they had a sinkhole, whether it was ground settlement or whatever we could, if you wanted to go into that, but basically there was an issue. They came in and layman's terms, and I'm explaining this to a customer layman's terms. They came in engineering company, pumped concrete down there, pushed the house, made sure it ain't going anywhere. And I says, once they finished that, all right. And you got the, all the documents and everything they, they did. There's a pretty safe bet that now that house is not going anywhere because they. Well, that's now, the other thing that you say because it right. now is stabilized when the now neighbors aren't. The right. neighbors I, have a higher risk of having some more. That is that is there's truth to that. Okay, I, see, I thought. And, so. and the thing of it is, um, and the thing of it is, especially when the engineering report doesn't show much damage, anyways, anywhere. Right. And then they and they put pilings on or they put grout around and all that, and you know, and how much how much grout was used. That also um, signifies how how much of an issue there the was. The extent, so, right? Right. So all of those things do matter. And mm -hmm. by the way, if the answers are good, um, meaning that they did uh, they did do the uh, pilings as well as the grout, um, and not much grout was used, and this is the engineering report that said hardly anything was done, mm -hmm. then you can use that information to sell it to the next person. And I've done that with my sellers on. On several occasions, there wasn't a big deal. And you explain, you know, what happened and what the sinkhole was, and you and you sell the fact that there really wasn't a sinkhole. And they just and uh, uh, you know somebody came around knocking door to door and said, "Hey, I can get you some money if you if you want to declare this a sinkhole." And these people got caught up in that. Yeah. So and that is very very true. And you can sell that. Some I had a house that I sold that had sinkholes, but it was only in the driveway. But they pinned the house anyways. I did have a house. Listen to this. I did have a house that uh, they said was, um, and this is how I know the stuff about the insurance and everything. They, I, I got the, they had an engineering report. It was insured. And, um, and when they were, I was trying to sell it for them. And uh, I found out that the insurance wouldn't cover everything that was recommended by the, um, the sinkhole company. So mm -hmm. they negotiated the re, uh, re remediation part of it, and they only put the grout in. They didn't put the they didn't put the pilings in as was um, suggested, and so the so the new company would the new company wouldn't touch it. Wow! And it was currently insured with a good policy, and that insurance wouldn't be transferred over to the next buyer. So that seller that seller got screwed because yeah. they have a they have the so they they agreed to settle. Because that same insurance company who paid it agreed to it, said that they would insure it. Yikes. But the, the, what was recommended by the sinkhole company and the engineering was not how it was remedied. Mm. And they didn't know. They were just, they were just, they were just, they didn't understand. They and, just didn't and, know. And, and, and I don't, I, and that Actually, seems reasonable to me. They, that, they lost it in a foreclosure way back in the day. That's one of those, that's like reading the fine print on any of these things we sign up for these days. It's like, who's going to read through that report? They're going to keep it, hopefully, right? But they may be- Don't even do that. 
I know, right? So or they can't find it. So that's can't what I find said. it. If you so do that, you find it. You read through it. Yeah. I have had called engineers, I, I'm working engineering on, companies and find it. And they don't even like to keep them anymore. They tell yeah. you they don't have them anymore because they don't want to get involved in any of that. So they wonder just if, always say they don't have them anymore. Yeah. So wonder if, your for, sellers, for, if your sellers don't. For lack, then, of a, for lack of a better term, a, a statue of limitations on how long they have to keep documents, I wonder. But they say they can't you know? find them. They won't give them up. Yeah. But again, all situational based. And it just so happened right. that yesterday... Uh, we were having this conversation where I was discussing uh, remediated sinkholes and I told them these things. And I says, hey, in a certain situation, you could get a very good deal yeah, on a right. great home right. because most people are like, nope, That's nope, nope. That's and they'll correct. lower that price and they'll lower that price. And you That's can correct. come in with a, if it's been on the market for a couple months like this one and it's ideal and we do the numbers, you come in with a lower offer and you right. could get a nice house, but right. it's situational. Right. You got to understand, and that's and where gotta I got to know what the yes, got to know what the, the right what the damage was. What right, was what the, the damage story? was, and and be aware of everything that we're talking about, that's right? And, and and let them know that. But right. you know, in this case, it it, it you know the damage it, it wasn't uh, that great. And of course, if if they were even interested, I, she said we got the reports. She had it at the house. It's in a three ring binder. If they were even interested, I would have proceeded further to find out and go into yeah, this stuff. Right. right. But on the flip side, so I just signed a new, we have a new listing in our office, which I left the listing appointment yesterday and we have a signed contract, but hey, that one's congratulations. going. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. And uh, I, I worked on, I worked with them for a while and uh, their financing isn't quite there, but they're ready to sell and, and the situation's looking good and um, good. they don't want to wait any longer. Huh? What is it? It's uh, it's over in Beacon Square. I think I've talked okay. to you about them before. The Sheens, uh, Margate. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Margate, mm -hmm. um, but they have a remediated sinkhole um, that they not during while they live there, but they purchased mm -hmm. the house with it. Mm -hmm. So they're in the process of trying to find that 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 yeah. paperwork and documents. Yeah. Now I already went to the county, pulled the permits, and I've so got let the me, name let me of tell the. You this. Let sure. me give you this bit of information, please. If they had, if they got it insured mm -hmm. and uh, they can't find it, their insurance company has it. Nice. They should like have it. it because they would not have insured it without it. And they usually keep it. So nice. find out who they're, who they talk to, who their insurer is. You could probably get it that way. It's best to find theirs. Of course. And, and, and my, uh, Lillian, she's more, Michael said he has it somewhere. I believe him, but they're, I mean, you know, people live their lives, stuff's right. in boxes, who knows? Yeah. But I said, right. hey, it's no rush right now. We got a timeline here we're working with. So just if you can find those, find them for me, you know, if not, it's not the end of the world. I'll do some invest, you know, basically just, yeah. hey, I, I'm, I'm your man, right? Yeah, right. But any documents that you have, the you more, the better. You need to better. find them, right. Right. But that's great uh, about the insurance company. Wow. Yeah. You know, man, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you another thing too. I was laughing about myself right before we got on was all these things. And I, it, it's almost, and you know, not just topics of things to talk about or any type of structure that we're ever going to have or pre, <laughs> pre get ready, pre show or anything like that. But 
there's so many things during a week where it's almost part of that pile of notes where if I do start keeping ideas of things to talk yeah. about, it gets so long and then yeah. we don't, it's, it's, it's like, but, but we'll get there right now, yeah. honestly. And, and we I can do this better. a couple times a week sometimes. That's so. what I was say a couple times a week. Right now I, I bit the bullet. I was kind of going back and forth with the hosting service and all the oh, technical yeah. stuff, which I'm, you know, I've taken it upon myself to do all this. Do you want to, do you want to stop recording stuff of it? No, I will in a second. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, um, you know, I, uh, I, I finally emailed the guy. There's a lot of these are just emailing back and forth. There none uh -huh. of them. Uh, when you deal with these services, can you get on the phone? So, I uh, I says, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna handle all this. And uh, you know, it may be something where I'm almost like, should I pay somebody to just do this? <laughs> you know, but I wanted to let you know that we're good to go there. And you know, we'll work out the bugs and all that stuff. But I enjoy um, these talks, these discussions. Again, just like we talked about before, for myself, I just, you know, we could just as easily be talking on the phone right now. You know that. We um, should probably have somebody that doesn't know us listen to see if there's anything in there that they find interesting to listen to. Oh, it'll. Maybe it, like your, well, your father. Does I, think your father would find anything interesting? Absolutely. Like that's the next step, right? Right now I want to make sure it's being distributed everywhere and all those things. So we can just upload a show and boom, it goes off and they do their job. Come to find out there's some work I have to do on the front end before that happens. I oh. started doing that. So I think we're there. Okay. And then, you know, me and you, the other day, we were trying to spend a couple hours trying to get the sound figured yeah. and all that stuff, but yeah. all that stuff. So is The other thing too, is there's, you know, whether we're talking about the uh, business towards as a, as dealing with agents and from our perspective or from a consumer's perspective. Well, so that's again, I, and that's where the, you know, having the, the shows, um, not only just, and I thought transcribed cause that's something to do in the future, but for like a blog or something, but basically, um, having categories, right? So if it's a show where oh. we're basically, it's almost like a training show for, that's more geared right. for agents, boom, right. we'll have that a category for that. And if it's I more geared that. towards consumers, we'll have categories for that. Okay, right. If we even do that right yeah. now, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, we're talking and if we stray off, Hey, it happens, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, these are enjoyable conversations. I yeah. enjoy listening to them. It's great. Yeah. Right. Okay. Hearing it from a listener's perspective. Yeah. Um, but with that said, um, we'll go ahead and cut this, cut this off for today. I do think it's a good idea twice a week. You know, we'll do that. I'll get another, uh, uh I'll get all that stuff set up. Except for this, this next week, by the way, um, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to be in Washington, DC uh -huh. for a week. Yeah. From Wednesday to Tuesday. Okay. Well, I tell you what, we'll talk about that. Let, let's okay. cut this off and we'll talk for a few minutes because I might be in Alaska soon. Who knows? Oh, right? yay! <laughs> I forgot to ask you if you did that. That's one. You know, it's funny because there, yesterday when we talked, I knew, I remember thinking I was what I was going to ask when we first got on. Uh huh. And I couldn't remember what it was, but that's what it was. I was going to ask you about Alaska. Yeah. It's again, right. there's so much, you know, I could talk to, we could talk all the time. So um, <laughs> with all that, right. uh, it was a pleasure. Okay. I will talk until to you next time. time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.